Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Right now on Fast, running out of steam. Markets hit a major milestone today. The Nasdaq now up 15% this year. But after hours, Amazon's down, Alphabet's down, Apple's down. So is a rally about to hit the wall. Plus, Meta's monster move, a 23% surge higher on the back of yesterday's earnings. The stock now up an eye-popping 118% from the November bottom. Is it time to take the money and run? We'll ask the chart master. And later, one of our traders ready to say, I was wrong. The market mea culpa and the portfolio path forward coming up. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Fast Money. We're live at the Nasdaq Market Site. On the desk tonight, Steve Grasso, Karen Feinerman, Dan Nathan, and Guy Adami. We start off with a big night, very big night of earnings. Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Ford, Starbucks, all on the move. We've got full team coverage on all these results. Deidre Bose is dialed in on Amazon and Alphabet. Philip Bose revved up for Ford. Pippa Stevens all over Starbucks. We start off with Steve Kovac, who's got the latest results from Apple. Steve. Hey there, Mel. Yeah, we already know about that miss on the top and bottom line. So I want to talk about these uh, separate product categories at Apple because I think it really gives us a read into consumer demand, which I'm expecting uh, Tim Cook and, his, and Luca Mastri to talk more about on the call, which just kicked off. So let's go down by the categories. It was a miss across the board, save for iPad and uh, services. First of all, iPhone down 8% at $64.78 billion. That's a miss of $68.29 billion. Services, this is a new record, by the way. It's actually up 6% and slight beat of estimates at $20.77 billion. Mac revenue is huge downfall here, down 29% to $7.74 billion in sales. Same thing we're seeing across the rest of the PC market there. But iPad revenue is a surprising beat here. $9.4 billion versus $7.76 billion in sales. That's up 30%. Tim Cook, I talked to him earlier. He was crediting that with new models that launched last quarter and sold well over the holidays. And then there's other products that includes AirPods, wearables like the Apple Watch, HomePod speakers, and so forth. Uh, that was down 8% uh, year on year, 13.48 billion versus 15.235 or 23 billion estimated. And look, also uh, cost cuts are at top of everyone's mind. So I, t- I asked Tim Cook about that and layoffs and so forth. Here's what he told me regarding cutting costs at Apple. Quote, we're cutting costs. We're cutting hiring. We're being very prudent and deliberate on people that we hire. And so a number of areas in the company are not hiring at all. And then others are hiring that are associated in engineering. So the takeaway there, Mel, is hiring and engineering, but a lot of cost cutting and a lot of hiring freezes to commit uh, to keep uh, costs under control. Calls just starting, expecting to hear more uh, color from the current quarter, especially on that iPhone demand. Mel, will be back with more soon. All right, Steve, thanks. Uh, keep us posted. Steve Kovac out in Silicon Valley there. Um, Apple is down 4% right now in the after-hour session. In reality, it's simply erased what it gained in today's session with still a gain year-to-date of 16%. So, Karen, where do you stand on this quarter? Um, it was okay, right? Just mm-hmm. as you said, there was a lot of hype going into the last few hours, um, which seems, I guess, a little bit overdone. I really want to hear the call, though. I think it's really important to hear what he has to say about demand, 
Was there enough supply? Mm -hmm. That's going to be one thing. We always talk about, you know, denied or delayed. And so I definitely want to hear that. If demand's waning, that's obviously not a good sign. Uh, That's the main thing for me. I thought that the rest was okay, and what expectations were not great, and they kind of met them a little bit, (laughs) somewhat. I don't think this will end up being a super important quarter for them. But I do, I do really want to hear the call. I think there's a lot of nuance there. I mean, if you look at last night, that call was good for another additional, I don't know, 17 bucks. Yeah, you talk about the run-up. I mean, listen, when you think of this on a one-year basis, the stock right in and around here is right in the midpoint of that range, right? And so this has obviously been a battleground stock. We've been talking about this as kind of the one of the, la- the last battles that would be fought um, in the bear market. I'd say it wasn't a great quarter when you consider the fact that estimates have been coming down. And I think that, you know, this, this iPhone number really is interesting. I think expectations because of China and everything like that were low, but let's see what the guide is there, you know, because to me, it just might be a thing where China might not be this consumer opportunity for some of our U.S. multinationals. We've been talking a lot about Tesla, you know, as our little cold or hot economic war continues to heat up with China. I just think there's going to be some nationalism as it relates to some products that come from the U.S. here. So to me, um, you know, not a great quarter. Guidance had come down. The stock trading about 22 times next year with mid-single-digit earnings and sales growth with kind of flat to lower margins. Not great, but I guess we're in a market where people just don't care about valuation anymore. I'll say it. They missed. I mean, Apple misses, too, their Melms. They missed on revenue. They missed on EPS. Geography in terms of their revenue for the different segments. America's down 4.3% year over year. We know what happened last year. Europe down 7%. Greater China down 7.3%. They missed. It's okay. It happens. Right. And the stock is yeah. only down 4%. Which is, my, which is crazy so, if you right. think about it. Considering the run, it should be off a lot, a lot more. So that shows you It's what? a win now. Let's right. see. You know, we Let's had see. talked about Apple going to 125. It actually went to 125 in the middle of December. It rallied to north of 150. But this is, you say all you want, oh, it's re- record, you know, revenues and all these things. They're now, I would imagine, we're looking at some of the segments maybe better than they were expecting. But quite frankly, if you look at, you said Mac. Mac's down. Mac, Mac was $7.74 billion. Consensus was 9.4. Yeah. That's a miss. It's a miss. Services revenues are now, I think, less than 20% of overall revenue. Not encouraging growth on that front. So at 23 times next year's numbers, it's an expensive stock in this environment. I, I think, to your point, it is a win. To Dan's point, January 3rd, the stock was 124. So that massive move into earnings... That was a lot of front loading. Mm-hmm. Down 3%, down 4%. Let's hear what the call has to say. Yeah. This is one of those that I think can fight back from down 4%. We also mm-hmm. oftentimes on the call hear how the quarter, the current quarter, the current is shaping quarter. up in right. terms of demand. And so it'll be interesting to hear the contours of that, especially with the China. And no layoffs. And no no yes. layoffs. They're being judicious right. on hiring. But the layoff side, who knows, maybe for Apple, if they would have said we're laying, laying off people, maybe the stock wouldn't be down at all. But I yeah. think that just stands to how efficient they run that company. Right. All right, we'll have much more on Apple again. Six and a half minutes in the conference call right now. Let's get to Amazon. Meantime, shares are dropping after the company closed out its slowest year of revenue growth since going public. This call kicks off in just about 25 minutes' time. CNBC's Deirdre Bosa standing by with the numbers. Debo. 
Well, Mel, the company continues to course correct from the overhiring and overcapacity that it built up during the pandemic. Beneath that top line beat, there was softness in its core online sales and its profit engine, AWS. CFO Brian Olsowski says the company has seen continued slowness in AWS in Q1 and expects to see slower growth rates for the next few quarters. It was 20 percent in the fourth quarter, so cloud growth could drop into the teens next quarter following, of course, that soft guidance from Microsoft's Azure. Digital advertising, this was actually a bright spot, beating street expectations and growing 19 percent in the quarter. Amazon has an advantage here to the snaps, the metas, the alphabets, because this is more intent-driven advertising, something that the company does like to talk about. In terms of cost-cutting, though, the company has more to do. Olsowski, the CFO, says that they are focusing on driving more cost efficiency in 2023, and certainly the layoffs were part of that. Back to you. All right, Deidre, thank you. Um, we're going to go back to Deidre, by the way, for, Debo. for Google. Here, two things. I'll just say this. that the, Steve just mentioned this, getting in front of the cost. They've been actually really aggressive. I think, Karen, you just mentioned this, kind of rationalizing these costs from logistics and, and, and the overbuilding in that regard. And then they announced a bunch of layoffs that are more probably white-collar sort of jobs. So they're taking all of that um, kind of seriously. I also think that, and I know Karen doesn't love guidance, I think that what they're talking about with AWS, I think it's probably useful in a way. After the stock has run like this, they just printed a number below 20%. Um, here and saying that the next few quarters are going to be good. So again, you know, the stock had a nice little run um, into the print. It should come back. They missed on some really key areas and they're giving guidance on that AWS that suggests that it's going to continue to have headwinds. And we saw that in Microsoft. We've seen it. You know, I, I haven't taken a close look at the Google yet, but there's areas of deceleration that is really important for uh, Amazon at a time where we're still uncertain about a U.S. consumer here. So to me, this one should be off. I agree, although it was up almost $8 going into the print today. So, again, we're right back where we were. I think that I agree with you absolutely on AWS. That's not terrific guidance. I think if, if there were a company that had a lot of cost to cut, I think this would qualify right near the top of the list. If you think about the absolutely massive build in CapEx. And even at the end of last year, they started to pull back from mm -hmm. that. I feel like there's tons more they could do. Right. right. I mean, I don't know how many people, what do they have? Over a million and a half employees. Right. So, I, I mean, I think if they they can pull back and then we'll start to see again the two sides of the business. Right. So for a while we thought, all right, retail is worth zero. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe it shouldn't be. But uh, I don't know. Again, you have to hear the call to see what they're, they're built with human with human beings, with human labor, with supply chain. They, they're built for a pandemic. So the pandemic is over, so they have to slowly, to, to Dan's point, they have to slowly reduce that headcount. But if you look at the stock, it's still in a declining trend from November of 2021. Still negative. Right. Uh, guy? Wait, wait. Grasso's a soft age guy? Human. A who? A human? <laughs> yeah, a human. Oh. I don't know. We've been doing this for 10 years. I've never heard you You learn it. something new about people yeah. all okay. the time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Operating yeah. income in North America, yeah. they lost $240 million on $93 billion of revenue. I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. AWS <laughs> is fine. I mean, it, operating margins, they can tweak these all they want. Yeah. I mean, 2.5% this quarter last year, 1.83% this quarter. I mean, the stock has run. It's not a disaster. I'm not suggesting that. Amazon, once again, has become an expensive stock. So all these names that we're going to talk about have had really good runs. Now, the question you have to ask yourself, are you playing the home game? Yes. Do the valuations that they're currently trading at make sense in this environment? I didn't think it made sense last night. I certainly don't think it makes sense tonight. Well, I mean, if you think their former growth engine is slowing. And Which it is. Further this, we, right, I don't exactly. know if that's the question, though. Mm. Well, I what? think the question is, are people just saying that's it? The 
you know, the tightening the tightening cycle is over. Because if you believe that, if then you, you have to be long yes, these stocks. Yes, I think that overrides everything. Right. So I do want to hear the conference call. I really do, because that's granular, obviously. But I, I think in this environment, that that's that's what's driving this. So I love it. So we're, we're really digging down deep on the details of all of these big earnings yes, coming up. I but ultimately, they don't matter because it only matters if the Fed stops. But if they stop, that's or one if thing. They think the, they'll stop. But if you think they're are they cutting, cutting in the back? Or, so let or me ask you. Higher. So I'll, okay. since we're having yeah. a collective conversation, that's a conversation. What does yeah. the world look? <laughs> what does what does the United States look like if they're cutting rates in the back half of this year? It ain't good. No. Terrible. So that's the reason. Hang on a second. Earnings. But but this is also this also could be a Fed induced recession too. This is the the first time or not the first time, but. Pretty close to the first Wasn't time we've ever induced bull market. Exactly. I mean, what, you know, I mean, the sure. But what like I'm saying, what I'm saying is that it, it doesn't have to look as terrible yeah. to cut rates if it was a Fed induced to begin with the recession that they, they caused. The rates are right. anyway. We have a lot of wood Please. shops tonight. On the <laughs> oh, really? front, even though yeah. I just said that it's yeah. immaterial. But <laughs> let's get back to the last of the big three: Alphabet falling short of revenue estimates for YouTube advertising and Google Cloud shares are dropping the after hours. The conference call is underway. Let's get back to Debo for more. Debo. So, Mel, I feel like a bit of a broken record because the team at Alphabet also talked a lot about driving better efficiency and optimization. CEO Senator Pichai opened the analyst call by reminding investors that Alphabet is a, quote, AI-first company, something he's been saying for years. He says that they will pursue this work boldly, but with a deep sense of responsibility. And perhaps that is a nod to the growing pressure on Alphabet to release its own version of ChatGPT. We know they're under pressure. More broadly, though, the company posted its first drop in ad revenue since the dip at the start of the pandemic. YouTube, this was a weak spot. It notched a second straight quarter of declining revenue. Sales were down nearly 8% year over year to about $8 billion. CFO Ruth Porat telling me that it is a challenging economic environment. Companies are focused on optimizing ad spend. She also said that they will continue to slow the pace of hiring. By the way, guys, they are still hiring. They hired 3,000 workers in the fourth quarter Amazon's workforce, I should note, actually shrank, and this is an issue that some investors take issue with, that maybe Alphabet isn't cutting enough, and they are still adding net-net. All right. Deidre, thank you. Deidre Rosa, keep us posted on on both the uh, earnings calls here. Um, CapEx will also be flat year-on-year, which is also a sign of rainy in spending, at least, not I guess that's the same as cutting for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that a company this size also, I feel like, there's probably some fat that you can cut as well. And given how much the street likes that, you would think they would want to do that. But maybe they don't really care about what's in fashion right at this moment. I didn't see if there was any additional news on the buyback. Um, I didn't see I didn't yet. see that. So I don't know. That's sort of um, something to watch. It was a little beat on, uh, on cloud, but not, not enough to really make a difference. So one thing, just let me add one more thing that on the Facebook call or Meta call, I think they talked about December being a little bit better in the fourth quarter. So to your point, how's the quarter going? We're right, right you know, a month of change through. I'd like to hear what they say on that. This is one where they're falling behind on, on search. So they have to keep up with, with AI. And I think their, their whole business strategy is at stake. This is also on a declining trend since December of 2021. I would be the least positive on this name out of the three. Die. Oh, I, I was just looking down. I'll say this. It's, a, it's been somewhat of a free cash flow story. 
Guess what? $16 billion. The street was at $18.5 billion. Where's that discrepancy? I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I actually would go the other way and say, at least on a valuation basis, understanding that maybe their underlying business are deteriorating, a lot of that's in the stock. At least Google can wrap your head around. Mm -hmm. Some of these other companies, again, in this environment, I think are too expensive. All right. For more on all these big tech earnings, we're joined again by Deepwater Asset Management's Gene Munster. Gene, great to have you with us on this big night. Um, We were just talking about Alphabet. You think that was the worst of the three. Why? It was, and ultimately because I think that the numbers for the March quarter need to come down. And I was acutely listening to Ruth's uh, commentary about March she was a little bit opaque. I wasn't able to stay on for the Q&A, but that's the key reason here. And we got to look at what the numbers are for this year. It's all about what's going on going forward. When we look at the three tonight, Google was the one that had the highest growth rate relative to expectations. It was a 3% growth rate in the March quarter. Most of the other companies we look at, Apple and Amazon, are flattish. And so that piece was a factor in giving Google the lowest grade here. Ultimately, I think the company is uh, still the fabric of the internet. I think they're still gonna do great long-term, but that's why it scored lowest. And I just wanna contrast that quickly to Apple when we think about uh, th- their results. Uh, the miss They missed the iPhone, it was down 8%. The street was looking for down 5%. So they are seeing the macro, but uh, a big part of the miss too was the Mac. That was about a 15% miss. The reason why the Mac missed by so much was because they had old products in the December quarter. They just updated those a couple weeks ago. So we're gonna see a rebound in Mac. And when you put those together, back to the core question about what's the growth rates and can they exceed them in the quarters to come, Apple is probably best positioned of the three to exceed the March quarter. The street's currently looking for flat. We'll see what that happens after they give their commentary. Uh, and then it goes to up 2% and up 6%. So I just think the setup uh, for Apple looks good over the next few quarters, where Google, it's more muted. Um, when you Going back to a comment made by Ruth Porat, you interpreted her comments about March being opaque, meaning you don't get a good read on what she's saying about the quarter, how right. business is shaping yeah, up. Yeah, she, okay. she was talking about just like uh, improvements with their advertising business, the search business from AI and integrating that more closely. Also talking about their focus on short video, very similar to the Reels and TikTok conversation, but it, it lacked kind of the uh, the punch about what are you telling us in terms of overall growth rates. And so that's why I, uh, it wasn't very helpful. The stock really wasn't doing much just after she had given that commentary. So I think other investors are kind of uh, viewing these as uh, more or less neutral comments. But my, my take again is that I think that the street's probably gonna have to lower their numbers for, for Google and uh, for the for the March quarter. And if I can just kind of bring all these three together, ultimately, I think that uh, this this was a, a dodge bullet. These are misses across the board. It could have been worse. And I think that uh, the optimistic part here is that the growth rates are going to improve across the board for all three of these companies. And so uh, I think after investors kind of settle in with uh, processing these results, I think they'll look forward and be more optimistic about what they're going to grow in the back half of the year. Gene, it's Karen. Thanks for being on. Did they say anything about breaking out DeepMind or something? I didn't really get that. Did they discuss that at all? If they did, I, I missed it. Uh, there has been discussion about, uh, yes, about uh, breaking that, that business out. Uh, but I, I, I missed it, Karen. I, I can say this from uh, DeepMind is, of course, they're uh, kind of at the center of their AI initiatives. 
and maybe you're talking about this in the lead up too, but it's pretty clear. I think Dieter might have touched on this too, but it's pr pretty clear that DeepMind will uh, give way, will give birth to a chat GPT competitor. Uh, I suspect we're going to get more details on the call. It could be in the next month or two. That's a big deal because ultimately if they can integrate a chat GPT version into the power of their search and bring real-time information to that experience, that's something that uh, chat GPT doesn't do today. It's a couple years old, the information. Uh, that's something that I think is going to be a lever here for investors to get more excited about Google in the back half of the year, that this is actually a truly AI company. Final thought here, if I can squeeze one in. 2016, Google came out and said, we're no longer an uh, 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 information organizer. We are an AI-first company. We used to count the number of times they would say it. It would be 17 times on a call. They've been early on AI, and I think they're best positioned to do something big in AI in 2024. Gene, thanks. We'll get more from you later on in the show. Meantime, let's uh, let's trade. We've traded them individually, but when it comes to this rally, how far we've come in this year, we have three huge tech stocks telling us that things are not amazing. Is this the beginning of a turnaround in terms of the rally? Is this the reason why the rally stalls? Well, again, to be clear, and you tease the show, somebody's going to say they're wrong. Well, I'm one of those somebodies for well, it's sure. Me. It's me. Well, no, it doesn't matter who it. I mean, since the beginning of December, <laughs> I mean, I thought that that move down to 3,700, I thought would accelerate in the S&P. Obviously, it didn't happen. We're 500 points higher than that. Market's expensive now. What, they've, what these companies are telling you, if you choose to listen to them, is that things are slowing down. The United States is slowing down. Without question, ask yourself, what's the right multiple in that environment with interest rates now not zero, but approaching wherever they are in terms of maybe 5% or so. And again, with the Fed, again, everybody's in love with it. Again, they're going to cut. I get all. If they cut, again, for emphasis, it ain't because things are going well. Things got to go really pear-shaped for them to be cutting in the back half of this year. So if the only reason to own stocks is because somehow magically the Fed is going to pivot, I just happen to think it's the wrong reason. All right. Coming up, more earnings on the busiest day of the quarter. Shares of Ford and Starbucks also on the move after reporting. We'll bring you the numbers next. Plus, a wild ride for shares of Carvana this week, up more than 80 percent. But is the devil hiding in the debt details? We'll find out when Fast Money returns. Back in two. You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com.
Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a couple more earnings to get to tonight. Let's start off with shares of Ford. The company uh, more than erasing today's gains after falling short of its own full year guidance. The automaker topping revenue expectations in Q4, but missing EPS estimates by more than 10 cents a share. The conference call is underway as the stock is down six and a quarter percent. Phil LeBeau has been listening in. Phil, what's the latest? Wow, Melissa, there are conference calls we want to listen to. This is one of them. The first 20 minutes, it was Jim Farley, CEO of Ford, talking. Look, it was a sobering assessment of how they missed in the fourth quarter and how they are. They're just not a good company in certain respects right now. In fact, he says our revenue and we know where they get their revenue from the F-150, from their pickup trucks, 15 to 20 thousand dollar profit per truck. He says that revenue has masked our dysfunctionality. That is at the heart of the numbers in the fourth quarter. Let's run down those numbers. They missed by 11 cents. Street expecting 62 cents a share. They came in at 51 cents a share. Revenue, yes, it was better than expected, but the EBIT-adjusted full-year profit came in at $10.4 billion. Three months ago, they said they would make between $11.5 and $12.5 billion. What happened in three months that you fell $1.1 billion shy of guidance? Well, Jim Farley summed it up very clearly. He said in the release that they announced within the last hour, we left about $2 billion in profits on the table that were within our control. And we're going to correct that with improved execution and performance. The words of Jim Farley, that was in the release. He had similar words on the conference call. By the way, the CFO, John Lawler, talking right now, equally sobering in his assessment. What happened? Higher costs. In terms of execution, they left about a billion dollars on the table in volumes that were not delivered, about 100,000 vehicles, and a billion dollars in costs, paying more for things like premium freight, as well as chip shortages hurting the company. John Lawler saying, we need to improve quality and lower the costs now. So it gets to the 2023 guidance. Quickly, Melissa, I'll let you know, profit of nine to $11 billion, basically gonna come in line with what, what they turned this year and free cash flow approximately 6%. They are issuing a 65 cents a share, um, one-time supplemental dividend for the monetization of the Rivian uh, shares that they sold. But the bottom line is this, Melissa, this was a terrible quarter. A terrible quarter. And Jim Farley, he is not holding back and saying, you got it. we got to do better. There's no excuses. They have to do better. That is refreshing, at least. Phil, thank you. I'll keep us posted. Phil LeBeau on the Ford conference call. You know, in light of what GM posted, it makes this look even worse. Um, but it is nice to know that management is being upfront with what is wrong with the company. And there's a lot wrong with this company at this point. Agreed. But if you so let's say they can fix it. Which you know, it's a turnaround story. Well, but listen, revenue was forty-four billion dollars. I mean, the street was at forty-one, and I mean, the revenue was a good number. They just executed miserably. There's another word I would choose to use, but again, proper decorum prohibits. <laughs> if he can figure it out, which he will, as a Georgetown University graduate, <laughs> this becomes yes, a turnaround yes. story. Because if you just, I mean, the revenue numbers are there to support if they actually get their act together. A decent-looking company. Yeah, they're acting together. Plus, supply chain issues just abate. And they EV sell. wars are happening right now, too, and they're cutting prices. So that's only going to add to the headwinds they have. The current price of the stock is thirteen thirty-two, which happens to be the 200-day moving average. So the stock found its support right around that moving average. Going into this print, the stock was up 24% for the month. So obviously, this takes the air out of the balloon. 
You're right. I mean, the stark contrast to GM, which didn't seem to have supply issues, which didn't right. seem to have execution issues, it really makes you wonder what went wrong. It's a great strategy, though, by the CEO and the CFO to say, we blew it. We absolutely yeah. blew it. You're not going to argue with them. Right. Right. So come clean. <laughs> say you did terribly, which they did. And they got to fix it. Yeah. All right. Down 6.9% right now. Moving on to Starbucks. The stock traded at its highest level in more than a year during today's session. But shares are down. They're well off its lows. Pippa Stevens has been listening in on this conference call. Pippa, what's the latest? Hey, Melissa. Well, interim CEO Howard Schultz kicking off the call by addressing the weakness in China, where same-store sales dropped 29% year over year. He said that was four times worse than what the company had expected. In December, as China's COVID cases spiked, comps fell 42%. But he also said the lifting of China's zero COVID policy should mean a return to growth with headwinds shifting to tailwinds. He noted that Starbucks saw a, quote, meaningful sequential improvement in sales and traffic during January. Now, in the U.S., same-store sales were up 10 percent, primarily boosted by higher prices, although there was a 1 percent increase in traffic. Schultz noting that weekly sales in the U.S. reached a record high during the quarter. Now, we're still waiting for any updates on the guidance front. And then, of course, this is also Schultz's last earnings call. And he said that Lakshman Narasimhan will now take full control of the company. Shares down about 1% right now. Melissa. Thank you very much, Pippa Stevens. And by the way, don't miss a first on CNBC interview with Starbucks CFO Rachel Ruggieri. She'll join Swapbox with more on the company's earnings tomorrow, 8.20 a.m. Did I say CEO? CFO. In case I said that. CFO. CFO. Bye. Well, I don't listen. So. I know. To me in particular. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> you usually do that to me. That's true. So, look, you give him a pass in China. That's fine. 24 times next year's numbers. And for you armchair technicians out there, you go back to the summer, I think, of 2019. One shoulder, 100 bucks. The all-time high about a year and a half or so ago. Sell off. This high failing, you got a little head and shoulders there building, Dan, Nathan. And again, it comes down to valuation. So China was a disaster. You can sort of explain that away. It comes down to a valuation story, and I think it's too rich in this environment. All right. There is a lot more fast money to come on a very busy night. Here's what's coming up next. Buckle up. Carvana is taking investors for a ride. Shares surging this week along with a handful of other highly shorted stocks. But is the stock really out of the woods? The details next. Plus, stock surging on the back of Meta's best day in a decade. The rip-roaring rally caught a couple of our traders off guard. So we wondered, what do you do when stocks don't go your way? You're watching Fast Money, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. We're back right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Fast Money. Some wild trading in Carvana today. Shares surging as much as 46% at its highs, but then losing steam. Shares are up more than 80% this week, but it's still down more than 90% over the past year. Uh, Karen, you actually have a position. I do. I have a, what's likely to be a way out of the money going to zero position in the puts. But, I, you know, I, this was just crazy what happened today. If I were Carvana, this won't be news to them, I would be trying to Register, sell stock as quickly and as much as I possibly could 
And we'll see. I mean, they're going to come out with earnings. We'll see what their auditor says about, you know, the health of the business. We'll see what they say about it. They do have an interest payment coming up on uh, March 1st. That'll be interesting. I think in this market, they could sell some stock. They should be able to, to pay it. Um, but this is just this is crazy. This is so deep end of the pool. And when you look at the short interest on this name that we all take it for granted that everyone realizes what the short interest is. What are you coming up with? Over 50 percent? I don't know. 61. It? Yeah, I it's, mean, it's, it's depending on how it changes. It's between 52 and 61. And when you see something with that big of a short interest, it, it, it really lends itself to these types of price moves in the stock. Just one more thing to add. We didn't get to the bond price. It's up a lot. If you look at this debt, that's, I think we had the, I don't know, five and five eights. Yeah. That's not reflecting a really healthy company, right? So what's happening in this stock is completely, completely just detached from what the rest of the market of the capital structure thinks. All right. Well, despite Carvana skidding into the close, options traders are betting this stock has more upside. Michael, what is the action here? Yeah, it's just very simple. People buy options when they're betting on a short squeeze. That's what we're seeing right now. It traded well over three times its average daily options volume. A lot of that activity was concentrated in the way out of the money. $25 strike, February regular expiration, obviously a lot also that expire tomorrow. Over 15,000 of those traded, and that included some institutional blocks of over 4,000 contracts trading for just under two bucks. And clearly what they're betting on is that the short squeeze could potentially continue. And of course, it doesn't have to continue continuously. You can just get a periodic spike, take some money and run. All right, Mike, thanks for more Options Action. Tune into the full show. That is tomorrow, Friday, uh, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Coming up, green is good, but not for everybody. This year's rally wreaking havoc on some traders' bottom lines, how the bears are surviving the surge. Next, and Meta posting its second best day ever. But has the social stock come too far too fast? The key levels to watch from the chart master himself. Fast Money's back in two. A lot of news happening on these conference calls. Let's check in with Deidre Bosa for the latest and Amazon's call. Deidre? Well, Melissa, I was already going to be listening very attentively to the Amazon call, but I'm going to be listening extra carefully because Andy Jassy, the CEO, is going to be taking questions from analysts. I've been covering this company since 2015, and I've never heard a CEO, Bezos or otherwise, come on the call. So that is something to look forward to. We don't typically hear from the CEO on the Amazon call. It's the CFO that does it and investor relations. So we are going to bring you anything that he says. Usually they kick off the question and answer session uh, shortly after they begin the call. So it should be soon, and I'll update you. All right, uh, Deidre, thank you. Pairing losses here on Amazon down 1.3%. Meantime, Gene Munster has been listening into Apple's call. He's got some uh, some color there. Gene? Yes, Melissa, the guidance, they say it's not guidance, but it's guidance for the March quarter is revenue down 5%. Uh, that was with a street compared to the street at flat, but 5% of an FX headwind. So investors kind of broadly uh, wash that out. What is moving the stock higher is their commentary about profitability. Despite that drop in revenue from FX, they are expecting gross margins to expand in the March quarter. It's remarkable. uh, Luca, the CFO, gave credit to them, just their cost structure and improving that. It's just its strength with their suppliers is why that's happening. So uh, investors uh, seeing that as a positive, given uh, better profitability on uh, revenue essentially in line with the FX impact. Do you also read uh, through to that maybe a better mix in the current quarter, product mix-wise? Uh, it's uh, 
the I, I think that it's their natural uh, product mix shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest read is that Apple's probably used this pending uh, slowdown as a opportunity to uh, start to renegotiate some contracts with some of their suppliers, and they're starting to see that in profitability. All right, Gene, thanks for that update. Gene Munster of Deepwater Asset Management. Um, Apple's basically flat now. I mean, that- yeah, That's what Steve said. Yeah. All right, so here you go. That, you know, I'm old enough, I walked uphill both ways to school. So Apple's talking about FX headwinds. What had, that went down this quarter. Yeah. That went up the last quarter, that was FX. So the headwinds both ways. Like, explain that one to me. Lucy, because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Is it I mean, what here? FX headwinds? Are we, what are we, you know, okay, that's fine. That's great. Not, as Dan would say, have at it, people. But that's a little fugazi. But the me. biggest <laughs> takeaway is that we've seen the market. All of these names that have reported in the last couple of days are the market. And they're all holding in there. And earnings, uh, do, uh, against expectations, yeah. earnings have been okay. So whether you like it or not, the market probably, you get the Fed out of the way, these mega cap te- uh, tech stocks out of the way, the market can probably move higher from here. Well, um, higher on top of the gains we've seen so far. I mean, the Nasdaq was up 3% during the regular session today on top of um, the big gains for the year. In fact, the index is on track for a five-week winning streak. That's its longest since November 2021. S&P 500 up nearly a percent and a half today. It's 50-day moving average, closing above the 200-day for the first time since last March. And take a look at some of today's monsters, monster moves. Meta having its best day in a decade after yesterday's earnings report. Um, so what are these huge gains telling us? And more importantly, what are the, the not such terrible reactions in the after-hours uh, session on misses, basically, for the most part, telling us about the strength of this? Yeah, so we've seen this. I mean, if you go back over the last year, we saw this in March and April. We saw it June into August. We saw it in October into December, okay? And we're having that, you know, that move right now. We're up 20%. And so, again, you know, um, I don't know if this is the section where I'm supposed to say, you know, you know what I got wrong or not. I mean, what, what I'm saying is, is like, I'm not so sure this is not like the last three times here, okay? Mm-hmm. So we've had some big headline blowups, right, that catch the big headlines. And then the expectations come down for a lot of their peers. And then when they miss, then they end up having sort of price action like this. And I think it's just interesting that with the turn of the calendar right now, just the mindset has changed. We are convinced that there's going to be a soft landing and all the headwinds that you were worried about at the lows in October or those lows back in June or those lows back then are out of the window. And I just guess I've been doing this for 25 years. And, and this is this is the only difference about this time is it's been able to hold above the 200 day moving average, which was a huge. Here's the other big difference this time. Fed funds is at 4.75 percent. And I've never seen a bear market. And you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. usually the Fed has been easing right to how to help risk assets. And that's one of the reasons why I've stuck to some of my convictions right here. But at this point, do you still stick? Because you can have your convictions, yeah. but the market can, is moving against you. Sure. Okay. Here's the deal. Okay. So I come on the show a few nights a week. I talk every day. I got podcasts. I can tweet. I this and that or whatever. So I'm. It's very as, important. No what, I'm, no, what I'm saying is I'm about as transparent as you can get. You can clock a ticket any yeah. day, and I'm telling you what I feel. And to me, I can't change in the wind. A lot of people who do this sort of stuff, they talk out of both sides of their mouth all the time. I just don't do that. So I'm convicted. How do I risk manage that? It's sizing and diversification. Okay. And I did a show with you. What was it called? Fridays at 530 for 10 years. Options action. Yeah. Risk 
this, let's make yeah. more. Okay, so that's part of the whole deal too. So I've had in a period like this a lot of trades that go to zero. You said you know you have that sort of thing. That's not great, okay? But I also last year when I'm trying to do the same sort of stuff, I had a lot of little winners, a lot of big winners, that sort of thing. And so again, you know, it it really comes down to risk management. It comes to sizing. It comes to diversification. And I'm not ready to throw in the towel here just yet because I'm stuck on the fact that the the, the mechanism of rates going higher as fast as they have, I think that's going to be a drag on you know all this. You know, there is exuberance right now in the market. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I appreciate Dan's comments because yeah. it's really hard to be wrong. I'm very familiar with the feeling. It happens all the time. It's just great that you got to have a strategy there and not rely on your emotions or your ego or anything like that. You have to have a strategy to minimize risk. For me, buying puts instead of being short, something like Carvana, that one's going to zero. All right, coming up from mea culpa to meta culpa, what the chart master says to do with shares of Facebook, right? Facebook parent right now. And later, shares of Silvergate tanking after hours and erasing what had been a solid day of gains. The headlines behind this move next. Welcome back to Fast Money. The chart master out with his own meta mea culpa today. Let's bring in Carter Worth of Worth Charting for more. Carter. Yeah, so it's funny. Here we are one quarter ago, um, a note out to clients saying, you know, this is a terrible chart. Um, it was titled Outright Speculation, Buy Before Earnings. Well, you know what happened, of course, on October 26, earnings came out. And the next day, uh, Meta dropped 24% on an earnings miss. Well, here we are, interestingly, on another earnings miss, and it's up exactly 24%. A same value traded $28 billion on that day three months ago, $24 billion today. So what to do here and now? Um, my inclination is to fade this move. You've got an extreme a re-rating of a stock, but it's just that. It's a re-rating to a level where I don't think there's a whole lot of follow-through. Let's look at some charts and try to figure it out. So what we know is you have moved essentially 100% off of the post-drop-and-gap low. Again, that drop-and-gap, that first one was the 27th of October in response to the earnings miss of the 26th. And today we've gapped up in response to another earnings miss. It just shows there's no such thing as good or bad news. There's only news. And how the market reacts determines whether it was good or bad. So obviously today's miss was good. Uh, You could say it's the buyback. You can say it doesn't matter. Stock's up a lot. But it's up to a difficult level as annotated there. Let's pull this back and look at a bit longer term. So if we were to look at a a two-year chart, and now let's put some lines on that two-year chart. Basically, the stock descending within a well-defined channel and now well up and out uh, through that channel. So where does that leave us now, um, having advanced essentially 100% off its low? If you look at a longer-term chart, um, and this one has no drawings, no lines, and let's put in a line, final chart, we're back to inherently difficult level. So what to do with new money as of right now, when the market opens at 9.30 tomorrow morning, If you're not involved, I'd put on a small short. If you're long, I'd harvest. And if you're short and you've been suffering, suffer a little longer. Relief is presumptively on the way. (laughs) My mother used to say, suffer a little longer. Uh, Hey, CB Dubs, last night I posited, is my want to do, that we had the first stages of a potential island reversal. I thought the stock could trade 150 million shares today, five times the normal volume. It did actually trade 150 million shares. So if we gap open lower tomorrow by some miracle. Was I correct in my uh, thesis? 
Right. Well, you'll need that second part for it to be correct, just as you might. So were it to gap down tomorrow. My hunch is it probably doesn't do that um, in the sense that there's two ways to inter interpret strength like this. Is it excessive? Um, sure. But the fact that it happened with this amount of capital, again, 28 billion value traded, in a way, uh, Meta belongs here. It's been re-rated to where it belongs, but probably not higher. And so what's really likely is that it backs and fills or gives back a bit. The, the most astute strategy, I would say, is either putting on a risk reversal, frankly, or selling premium, uh, selling uh, a credit spread, a call credit spread. All right. Carter, thanks. Carter Braxton, worth, yeah. worth charting. Steve Grasso. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent with the technicals that he just read through. I was lucky enough to be long this. The, it was pretty obvious when it traded below $100 that you should be long the name. And it, it is running into that resistance that he talked about from the August 2022 level or that area. And that's why I sold the stock. I'm going to take a look again. But I do think it comes back in, probably retraces half the move, maybe 140, 150. Take another look. All right. Coming up, Silvergate Capital plunging on a report. The DOJ is investigating the crypto bank for fraud. The details next on Fast Money. Welcome back to Fast Money. Shares of Silvergate Capital plunging after hours on a report that the Department of Justice is investigating the crypto bank for possible fraud over its dealings with Alameda and FTX. The report states this is a criminal investigation focusing on Silvergate's hosting of accounts linked to Sam Bankman-Fried's business. Karen, you had been in a trade. Yes, and I am short now mm -hmm. on this news. Not, oh. not before this, but on this news. You know, this isn't great for a bank. One thing that's really interesting to me is they didn't pay their dividend on their preferred. It wasn't a lot of money. It was only $2 million. And when they announced that a week ago or a few days ago, I was surprised. Right. Why? It's such a small amount of money. I did not put that together with this. This is not clearly not a great event. No, it's, <laughs> but it shows, you know, Karen brought up Carvana before. It shows this, the lunacy of this market. That stock traded $19.87 today, Carvana. Closed into thirds. It's lower now. In a, that's not a sign, in my opinion, of a market bottom. It's more a sign that the euphoria is back and things, once again, can get extraordinarily pear-shaped. Again, Silvergate's just another very good example of that. Uh, Jim Chanos was on the show, what, on Monday? And he yes. said, usually when we've seen this sort of behavior over the last year, it's the end of these sorts of rallies. So mm -hmm. in this one, I think we're getting, it's a pretty broad base. The breath is pretty good here. But that sort of action that you just mentioned in all those sorts of names and crypto and all that sort of stuff, it's not bullish. Oh, I bet the folks at BlackRock are asking a lot of questions like, when did you know about this probe? Um, oh, because of, because of they, their stake. Because of their, yes. their stake. Um, up yes. next, final trades. Let's take a check on uh, the companies that have reported earnings in the after-hour session and uh, across the board. The standout here is Apple really reversing here on some of the guidance that it's giving for the current quarter. It is now down almost only a half a percent. And for Amazon, we are watching, continuing to watch comments from the CEO, Andy Jassy, on this call. It's the first time he has been on this call. A CEO has been on this call in more than a decade, at least. So um, this will be, of course, the big story of tomorrow. Time for the final trade. Let's go around the horn, Steve. UNH, it's been under a lot of pressure. I think it could still fade a little bit from here, but I'm ready to start stepping in nibble. UNH. Karen. Yes, Pfizer didn't go down on bad earnings. And if we get a rotation in the market back to Big Cap Pharma, I think it's a good place to be. Dan. Uh, FXI, I remain a seller. 
Kramer's down there in, uh, in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Got yeah. the U. At the, at, don't at the say U. that. That's well, embarrassing. Well, that's what Grasso just said. He's going <laughs> to no, I mean, uh, Eli Lilly, that's too much as well. All right. Thanks for watching Fast Money. Do not go anywhere. A special Mad Money live from the University of Miami starts right now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.